Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Today is Pearl Harbor Day, and we bring you an update on a unique family story originally shared on Flag Day. Retired Colonel Brian Morgan's father's uncle, Congressman Luther Patrick, served in the U.S. House of Representatives for Alabama's 9th Congressional District from 1937 to 1943 and again from 1945 to 1947. On December 8, 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt addressed a joint session of Congress after the attack on Pearl Harbor. The family came into possession of the flag that flew over the U.S. House of Representatives that day, and the flag has been preserved. Colonel Morgan, a Legion of Merit recipient who served over three decades in the Guard and Reserve, including tours at the Pentagon and as the state judge advocate for the Alabama Military Department, joins us by Skype to tell the story. Brian Morgan, you have a family flag story that dates back to World War II. Well, I'll start with my father. He was orphaned and raised by relatives. And his uncle, Luther Patrick, who went to the University of Alabama and then was law school, was elected to Congress in Washington. He got my father a job at age 14 to be a page in the House of Representatives. And dad rode up there on a train and was met by Luther and Luther's wife, Pearl. And then he spent the next five years of his life, six years, working there in the Congress before he went into World War II. So he was from Alabama, but he grew up working as a page in Washington. This story has to do with Pearl Harbor. What's the connection there? Dad was a page on December 7th, 1941. Pearl, Luther's wife, told my dad the next morning on Monday, December 8th, 1941, President Roosevelt's coming to the Congress for a declaration of war, save the flag, because it was a practice that congressional offices could send flags to communities, and they still do. But dad's job that day was to raise the flag over the House chamber when they were in session. He did that. He saw President Roosevelt come into Congress. He was helped up to the speaker's stand, the speaker's stage, where he gave his day, which will live in infamy speech. Well, Dad saved the flag that day and gave it to Pearl to keep in Luther's office. Pearl kept it until her death in the early 80s. And it was flown one time at my grammar school in Birmingham, William J. Christian School, out in Roebuck, and our principal, James Tarrant, my father, and Pearl had the flag, and I was in first grade, but it never flew after that. Pearl kept it till her death. Dad kept it, and then after Dad passed, I kept it. 
And I kept the memorabilia from his service as a page. Luther's records went to Auburn University because his brother Irving was editor of the Auburn Plainsman. And so all of Luther's records, most of them were at Auburn University in the library. And I got to thinking recently with the Pearl Harbor anniversary that I would hope the state archives could help me prove the authenticity, which they did, their own research of his records, my records, and they displayed it on Pearl Harbor Day back in December. So, Brian, let me stop you right here and ask you about the flag itself. What was it made of? Because we're talking a 1940s-era U.S. flag. Again, credit to the people at our state archives. They went over it with a fine-tooth comb, and it was somewhat frayed, and it had been patched because it was used at the Congress. It had a small patch up in the corner, but one of the ladies said, this is made from bulldog cotton. Bulldog cotton was from a mill in Chambers County. And we, and I believe along with them, that the flag was built or manufactured here in Chambers County, made its way to the U.S. Capitol, and then back here when Pearl Patrick brought it back from the Congress. Was there anything that was shared by either your aunt or your father about Roosevelt's address to Congress, that day of infamy, famous speech, and Pearl's husband was a U.S. congressman at the time, mentored by another famous congressman who was? Lister Hill from here in Montgomery. Lister Hill was his mentor. I'm looking at a book the Alabama State Bar put together of the 1938 congressional delegation, and Dad's right behind Lister Hill with his hand on his shoulder. Dad told me, and he remembers specifically seeing President Roosevelt brought into the House chamber and how he was helped by aides and his braces to walk up to the stand and on the rostrum where he began his speech. And he was pained. Dad said, you know, maybe from the polio or the event. But he had a very stern look on his face. And Dad was relatively close because the pages sat looking at the speaker's stand. Dad was to the left. Looking at the speaker's rostrum, Dad would have been to the left, to the president's right, as he spoke that day. But uh, Dad remembered every minute of it. And uh, he had a lot of good friends from his page group. One was in California, another in Denver, Colorado. And they would correspond. We've even visited with them when I was young. But they certainly all remember that day. And you literally have a piece of United States history in your possession. What do you want the destination to be of this United States flag that flew over the House of Representatives the day after Pearl Harbor? Well, the flag belongs to this country. It belongs to the people of the United States. And our archives in Alabama have done such a great job of restoring it, validating it. And my hope is that we can, it'll reside as ownership here, but it will be rotated to FDR's libraries in New York, at Warm Springs, at Pearl Harbor, and then the Smithsonian. And I'm going to meet with the archives to discuss that, that it belongs to the people. And it can be blown to all of FDRs, those that pay honor to the service he had for our country. 
Well, this is a fascinating family story. Is there any other element you want to add? I want the people of this country to see how unified we were that day, December 8th, following the attack on the 7th. And my hope would be the flag would symbolize the unity we need again in our country. And your own story, Brian, you are a retired colonel, so you have given years of your life in service to this country. So I appreciate so much your message of unity that this flag represents. Thank you, Carolyn. That would be, I think, my father, Luther, Pearl. Those that preserve the flag would want us to remember how important unity is. We are a United States. Colonel Brian Morgan, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your family flag story. Thank you, Carolyn. I look forward to seeing you soon. Joining us by Skype was retired Colonel Brian Morgan, who now serves as the Director of Career Development at the Faulkner University Jones School of Law. After eight decades, the flag preserved by the family has returned home with an anniversary presentation by Colonel Morgan to the U.S. House of Representatives. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.